and welcome back to DaVita Leadership Insights, a weekly podcast for DaVita teammates who want to become a better leader, both personally and professionally. I'm Grace Berman, a senior director with DaVita University. And I'm Doug Miller, a master coach and DaVita University faculty member. This season, season nine, Grace, can you believe it's season nine already? <laughs> it's crazy. Yes, we say it every time. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We say I'm that sorry. every time. Okay. <laughs> Our final season for 2020, excited to chat with Sarah Brady, a senior director of clinical services for our Polaris team. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah, Sarah, thanks so much. Um, you know, this this topic is so fun and so interesting that we get to discuss today, the power of joy and laughter, um, which I think is so pertinent given everything that we've gone through in the world this year. We really need this conversation to lift us up. And so as a leader at DeVita, why do you think it's so important that we remember to lead with joy and laughter? You know, I think that we have this amazing opportunity to really recognize how complex the human spirit is. You know, that when I went into healthcare, I, I was often surrounded by kind of sadness and this melancholy experiences. And then the best moments that I had was when I found like these little nuances of joy and laughter with my patients or with my fellow teammates or whoever that could be. And so it really was this aha moment that the fact of we need to celebrate how complex we really are and the fact that we can be overwhelmingly bursting with tears and then a second later just break out in joyous laughter because of something wonderful that happens. And and I love the fact that we're in healthcare and we get to see all sides of um, the human spirit and just mm. really the complexities in which we you know, live our lives as just human beings. Mm. That's beautiful the way you put that, Sarah. So I'd love to hear how do you incorporate as a leader, how do you incorporate incorporate joy and laughter into your leadership? Um, you know, I I really originally kind of thought about when I became a leader in the very first moments and the first times I was going to be either presenting to a small group or a large group. And um, I always thought, gosh, what would I love to see? And and when I saw the best leaders, they were the ones who grabbed a hold of your heart. They taught you something in your head and they either mm -hmm. made you cry in the beginning and laugh in the middle or cry in the end. And, you know, there's just this like wave that you would go through. And I feel like it was like Hollywood magic. And, and so as a leader, I was like, how can I incorporate that in my presentation style? And, you know, in some cases I would do like a direct thing of here is my ask, here's my joke, you know, here's kind of a picture or funny meme. But I find the best way to do that is often just through storytelling and actually blending in your own kind of personal maybe sorrows and sadnesses and then pepper that with just funny moments that happen within that. And I find that that's such a wonderful way to connect with the audience and actually show that I'm willing to be vulnerable to you, mm. but I also want you to laugh with me. And the hope is that you're not always laughing at me, but you know, oh. I'll take both. <laughs> Sometimes that's a dicey right? move, right? Like <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Wait, are you laughing at me right now or are you laughing with me? So And now at this point I'll take either. <laughs> exactly. Doug, I'm always laughing with you, just so you know. Oh, thank I'm you. never thank laughing you for at letting you. me know that, Grace. <laughs> Ditto. Always. So so take us inside of a moment and uh Sarah and tell us a story of a time when you were able to harness the power of joy and laughter in your life. 
You know, I, um, I, I'll speak from the personal and kind of from the heart a little bit. And, um, you know, about 10 years ago, my last child was born and she's this amazing, beautiful little girl. And I had all of these like dreams of ballet classes and her letting me fix her hair. And prior to that, I had two sons who just would never let me do any of those. <laughs> so, um, and even though I try, cause I think you should embrace all sides of yourself, you know, but, yes. um, <laughs> You know, when she was born, within about two minutes after she was born, the doctor comes over to me and tells me, hey, we think your daughter has Down syndrome, and we're really concerned with her. We, um, She's very sick right now. She's not breathing very well, and she oh. ends up immediately being whisked away. And so within just this moment, like my world turned upside down. And so I can say just as a human being and as a mother, that was probably one of the darkest moments that I ever had. And I, and you know, and when you're in those dark moments, you sometimes forget that there's going to be joy that happens throughout that continuum. And so as the years have progressed, I've been able to have these great stories of just the perfection that she is, the fact that she embraces. If I'm sad, I cry. If something happy happens within one second, I laugh. And we've just been able to learn and grow from her so much that I just feel just overwhelmingly blessed the fact of what I thought maybe was going to be a very sorrowful, you know, mm -hmm. life altering thing has actually been a life changing thing in such a positive way. And I think it really helped me grasp onto the importance of both sides of the spectrum when you're experiencing hard things things that you also have to be so grateful when those glimmers of joy happen and just grab a hold of them just as hard. Mm. Wow. Thank you for sharing the that moment in your life with us, Sarah, and the way you described it so beautifully of of being able to uh, being um having both sides of those feelings, right? And I think that's hard for people to acknowledge and honor that you can have both types of feelings. And then how do you really connect with the joy of that. And so, Sarah, how did you connect to the joy? And you said that there are times where you really were able to feel that intense joy and levity and, and laughter. Can you can you share um, can you share about those moments, too? Yeah, you know, um, sometimes when I, w I go out in public, even now, my daughter requires kind of a wheelchair to get around. And so people often will maybe stare or they look at her and it's a little uncomfortable for me and for just the, our family to say, no, you need to love and embrace who she is. Yeah. And I remember walking in a store and here is this giant of a man and imagine like, right out of the movies like this giant biker man walking through and he just very serious and bald head and you know very tough and he even had like the chains hanging from his pants and for <laughs> some reason my daughter was so like you know just amazed by this person and got out of her chair and walked over to him and started to tickle him and unfortunately oh he's a very big man and where she started to tickle him might be deemed as inappropriate and so we at that moment all of a sudden all of us just started busting up laugh laughing and this man immediately was of course in shock at first and then dropped down and proceeded to give my daughter the biggest hug and oh. so here I was walking and feeling people maybe looking at us and not knowing how to behave and then one second later we're all crying with joy and tears because 
she just broke the moment, you know? And so for me, it's like saying, gosh, that's a great story. Like we're in these uncomfortable situations, but then something happens that like disrupts that. And you got to grab a hold of that and just love and celebrate it. And so there are just moments like that a hundred times over that we get to experience. And we feel really lucky that we get to do that. And I then take that and tell those kinds of stories. And people can imagine this little girl running up to tickle somebody and it might not be at the right spot, you know? And so, and it just proceeds to make your audience kind of, you know, I hope it really laugh and just embrace the fact of craziness happens. And, you know, you got to laugh about stuff sometimes, you know? Yeah, you sure do. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to imagine <laughs> that. Uh, and it, yeah, it, and I have some, some memories when my kids were, were young as well. Uh, and some things happening that where they got super interested in somebody. Um, <laughs> so great, great to hear this story. And, um, and I also just want to point out, Sarah, just hearing the energy in your voice, like just makes me smile. And, uh, so it's just, it's great that you're, you're like this pure embodiment of joy and laughter. It's, oh. it's really cool. Best compliment of the day. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Wait, and it's recorded. I, I mean, know. Like, it's you like get to listen record. to that over and over again. Yeah. I get to put it as like my new ringtone of, did you hear? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so pivoting a little bit into the, you know, um, in as a clinician and working with our patients who are often facing such, you know, intense situations, how have you been able to incorporate the power of joy and laughter into your care? You know, um, I, I've been very fortunate in my career that I've also got to um, educate and lead nursing students. And so some of my jobs, I was a professor at a university and I felt like this was such a brilliant moment to role model how you can get comfortable in very uncomfortable situations. And so sometimes with patients, I mean, they are in pain. They are having, you know, sometimes suffering. They are having, you know, moments where they just aren't feeling, you know, wonderful. And so, you know, I really made it a point to try to help coach and nurture my teams to say, Hey, what you need to do is find a way to connect to their joy and their laughter. And it might not be this like slapstick where you're going to make somebody bust up and laugh, but I love going into a room and a person having their family around. And I get to ask a question like, you know, you guys are such a beautiful family. Like, can you, would you be open to sharing a story about a funny vacation you took or the best vacation you took or how your parents met or just asking personal questions to connect with them. And you, usually those personal questions will always elicit a smile or a memory mm. of joy that can be just a nice reprieve when they maybe aren't feeling that way in the moment. And it doesn't always work, but I can tell you about 90% of the time, getting that real empathetic listening ear and tapping into whoever you're talking with joy and laughter can be life altering and life changing and, and a very special moment to experience just as another human being. Yeah, Sarah, take us into one of those moments. Can you share one of those stories with us? Yeah, you know, I uh, I remember going into a room with a nursing student, and um, it was a it was in a hospital, and a patient unfortunately was in the last stages of life, and um, all of the family was there, and it, when if you've ever 
had the experience to go into a room like that, it can be very heavy and it's very, it's very serious and it rightly so. And as I'm sitting there and his wife is holding her, you know, her husband's hand, um, I ask, you know, as I'm sitting there beside the bedside, just trying to connect with this family, um, you know, you, you, I love the way you're looking at your husband. This, I, I, this is like life goals for any of us to be this connected mm. with another person. Can you tell me how you met? And she actually proceeded to tell us the story and her kids just perked up to listen because they had heard it and they love the story of how her mother had said she saw a cute boy in the cornfield and wanted her to go out and find this boy and she went out there with her glass of lemonade to you know meet this boy and ends up running into who she thought was cute and um, proceeded to connect and they ended up getting married well come to find out it was not the boy her mother meant and she was <laughs> extremely disappointed that she found the other boy that was like the bad boy but the whole family all of a sudden just was laughing and you actually saw the person in the bed that was had been just having such a tough time you see this little glimmer of a smile and i'm like that's what we get to do as healthcare providers. We get mm. to remind people of their joy. And we get to remind them that their lives are full of joy. And this is a moment of sadness, but embrace the sadness, but also remember the joy. It's such a beautiful embodiment of, um, you know, I've never thought of, we, we have the model we care. Mm -hmm. um, and the E stands for empathy. And I've never thought of the power of that empathy bringing joy and laughter and lightness. And I just love that spin that you're adding to that. Um, and it's, it, it has me rethink, cause I usually think about empathy being that I'm going to enter that dark, you know, darkness yeah. with you and feel, feel the pain with you. So mm -hmm. what a great, what a great way of, uh, of using the, the E there and the empathy. Yeah. And Sarah, I, as a clinician, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. And you're sharing these great stories. And I, I loved hearing that last story. I also loved hearing the story about your daughter. So walk me through, you know, what's also, we talked about the, like from a mental perspective, we're connecting with you from a physiological perspective, right? What, um, what, why do you feel like that joy and laughter is so important? You know, I think, um, I, I tell my kids all the time, like, did you know if you hug me or we, if I make you smile in pictures that you actually have a chemical response where your body feels better? Like, even if you force a smile for 15 seconds, if it's a fake smile, you still are changing the way your body is perceiving the world. Mm. And I think that that's, that's very powerful. You know, if you hug somebody and, and you should count even out loud, I make my kids hug me for 20 seconds and you Aww. hug somebody for 20 seconds and I let them count because they want to get out of it half the time but there really is there's actual like this like release of just like you know just you know whatever is weighing on you you just feel this release and if you haven't done it try it but like make your kids hold on to you and it's not the little weenie hug it's the full embrace <laughs> hug Aww. and like hold on count to 20 with me and then ask them how do you feel and I guarantee you they will say good you know, and so I think it's just when we smile, when we when we laugh about something, uh, you know, whatever you do, you actually just feel this physical release of just whatever's weighing on you. Um, I think about this uh, when, you know, I was 
really upset and you know just the weight of the world sometimes gets down on all of us and so I was crying and being a big blubberer about who knows what because it was just that's just me and all of a sudden my dog runs up and just starts licking at my face and jumping all over me and doing this and then I just start busting up laughing and the combination of getting that good cry and then all of a sudden finding that laughter was just I mean it was just almost it's better than any medication I could ever take <laughs> you know and so it's I, I feel like there are those things and, and I hope that anybody listening can think back to those moments where they've had that and really recognize and embrace how you feel when you, you know, experience joy and you experience laughter and experiencing tears, you know, and the combination of that. Sarah, I'm going to have to use this justification with my seven-year-old son who just told <laughs> me that I'm now only limited to five kisses. I'm like, make what? it 20 seconds long. Really I know. Inappropriate. <laughs> He's like timing me and pushing me away. So I'm going to have to explain to him yeah. that, that, that I need it. Like my yeah. body physically your, your needs body it. Your body needs it. It's, it yeah. It feels better. Yeah. You know. That's right. <laughs> Such a great uh, way to restore. I mean, we I love the phrase we have in the village that one cannot pour from an empty cup. Oh, true. And so what a great cup filler. Uh, really, really, really appreciate that. Um. You know, we end all of our episodes by asking our guests to share one practical tip with our listeners, something that they can go out and put to use right away. What would be your one actionable tip to lead with joy and laughter? You know, I think uh, self-reflection on when you're going to be interacting with anybody, the fact of how are you going to connect to maybe their joy and their laughter. And if you don't feel that you have the way to do that, figuring out what brings you joy and laughter and being vulnerable enough to share that, you know, being vulnerable enough to talk about what brings you pain or suffering sometimes, and then how you've gotten through that and found moments of joy and laughter. Um, I know it feels kind of huggy feely, but yet I think that that is really the make or break it and how we connect with each other as human beings. And, and I just hope that all of us have moments where we not only can embrace, you know, our human complexity around sadness, but we also can just treasure and really grab a hold of when the, we have those moments of joy and when we just get to bust out laughing together as humans. Thank you so much, Sarah. That was wonderful. Really appreciate uh, all of your all of your openness today and uplifting us. I know I feel more uplifted and I, I hope our listeners do too. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was a really inspiring discussion with Sarah. Gosh, I loved her tip at the end. Just be intentional before talking with others and finding that way to connect with them with joy and laughter. Completely agree, Grace. And, you know, speaking of tips, it's my turn to follow up on a tip from our last episode with Stephanie Hendrickson on how to manage your manager. And I don't know if you remember, but her tip was to keep a running list of the wins and losses and to do it in real time so that those are, are present and available at the end of the year. And um, it, what I did, Grace, is... Um, you know, so much of, of communication is happening through email that I created a folder in my Outlook where I just drag and either copy or move emails that, that represent wins or losses. I'll, I'll be mm. honest, I try to move more wins in than losses. <laughs> uh, 
hope, hopefully, hopefully that's As, the case uh, at the yeah, end of the year. That, but that makes, what's that, Grace? <laughs> that makes total sense. I do, I do the same. It's way more fun to look at wins than losses. Right? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's my running list, and and um, and I look forward to having that all right there when it comes time to to do a, an annual performance review or a goal setting for my next year. Mm-hmm. Great job, Doug. Love that. Love that uh, application of the tip. And for our listeners, we would love to hear your stories and tips as well. Please check out our show notes and click on the listener mail link to find out more about submitting your stories and tips in writing or through a voice message. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, uh, we say this every time, please do click that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And also, if you enjoy these podcasts, we'd love to hear from you. Please rate us on iTunes and click uh, or click on the survey link in our show notes so we know how we're doing and how we can improve. So see you all next week, one for all. And all for one.